Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. It's a snowy day in March, so we've all been saying how it's been such a such a good such a good winter. But we're getting a little bit of that winter weather on the later half of the winter, no, Abba? Um, I think it's probably the coldest day uh, uh, today here in New York. Anyway, you know, uh, you have to uh, consider that uh, people listening to this all over the world and probably some places that it's in the eighties and nineties, and they don't know what you're talking about. But um, oh, well. it's blistering cold out there today. It's only about 35 degrees, but uh, the wind is uh, whipping up and it's making it very un- very uncomfortable. Yeah, that is that is true. It is, it's snowing a lot. It's been pretty unpleasant this entire week so far weather-wise, but we want to welcome everybody to another day of the Daily Thread. We want to thank our sponsor of today's episode, which is Moshe Alpert & Associates. Guys, gals, if you need life insurance... Now is the time. If you get married, if you have a child, but if you get, when you get married, the time that you get married is the time that you get life insurance because you need to make sure your family is going to be taken care of. So go ahead, give Moshe Alpert a call or you even send him an email at alpertmoshe at gmail.com. That's alpertmoshe at gmail.com. Or you can give him a call very, very easily. Just give him a call. <clears throat> Tell him you heard about him on the Daily Thread at 718-644-1594. That's 718-644-1594. Get your life insurance today. Okay, Abba, so there are quite a few stories I want to get to today. Um, okay. and, I know, and I know you have some stories as well. I guess we'll start with one story that is very relative <clears throat> to the people who are in Israel who have newborn babies or are trying to get back into the States for mm-hmm. for Pesach. It, it seems that people that are, are living in Eretz Yisrael who are Americans, maybe they're living there permanently, maybe they're living there just for a couple of years, uh, but uh, they they have young children, uh, very often you know newborns, in the, probably one or two years old, and uh, they can't get on a flight, uh, international flight, uh, until they have a passport for the baby. You know, right. here sometimes here one of the post offices here, I go in sometimes and I see someone's holding up a baby against a white screen because they have to have a passport because they're traveling somewhere. But it seems from the report that we both saw this morning, uh, the American embassy in uh, in Jerusalem is not cooperating. And uh, not allowing people to come in to apply for passports for their for their young children, and uh, that seems to be a very uh, disturbing news if it's uh, accurate. Yeah, it, it does, that's definitely the case. Also, that what that means for for people trying to get in for Pesach who have newborn babies. Um, I, it, Anachi, I I think it's uh, I don't know why it's happening. Um, I don't think there's any legitimate reason why something like that could happen. But if you're if you live in New York, if you live here on Long Island, believe me, you make one phone call to a congressman who represents our district, like uh, Anthony D'Esposito, or even if you call Senator Schumer's office, uh, who's a senator for the New York State, uh, this will get corrected in five minutes. Because yeah, you know what? The way. <clears throat> even if even if by the way, my voice is gone. I don't know why. I see that. <clears throat> Even if you call uh, Chaim V'Chesed, which is an organization in Israel that helps the Anglo community, um, they should be able to help. So don't don't okay. worry, don't fret. Uh, give them a call. But that's something that we just noticed and we wanted to bring bring attention to. Something else that I noticed, and I wanted to talk about. I saw this video from <coughs> from uh, Mark Levin was on Fox News, and he was talking about uh, the anti-Semitism on the left, and he was right. highlighting he was highlighting a recent event by. Uh, the notorious anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan. Right. Uh, at this event, you have thousands of people, and we always say, we always say, 
Never again. Never again. What happened to us in the 40s? Not never again. But you have Louis Farrakhan up there in front of thousands of people asking for, begging for the annihilation of Jewish people. That these Jewish people control us. We need to take care of them. We need to take care of it. And people are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to... You don't think... You don't think people on the left know an event like this is happening? You don't think President Joe Biden sees something like this happening? You don't think former uh, President Barack Obama knows that this event happened and knows the things that Louis Farrakhan said? Why hasn't anybody, why isn't anybody on the left denounced Louis Farrakhan for the things he said? Instead, they're sticking his character into Netflix movies and they're making it like a joke? This guy's a raging anti-Semite who calls for the death of you and me. And for everyone listening to this, let everyone listening to this podcast, and I know people who are going to watch this on TikTok or Instagram, wherever it is, they think it's not a big deal. Free Palestine, you Jews have it coming to you. But we've been here before. We've seen this type of hatred before. This is not new to us. And we're not okay with it. Where are all the people? Where, well, where are it's a they? Good, it's a good question. Uh, I don't know if Joe Biden, I don't know if he's a good person to assign responsibility to for this or for anything else. Uh, Barack Obama, certainly, uh, being that Farrakhan's from Chicago and Obama's from Chicago, uh, he knows him well. And uh, if you recall, if you remember some of the things that Barack Obama tried to pull off during his eight years of president, uh, of being president of the United States, you know, they were, you could see that they were slightly, at least slightly, at least minimally inspired by some of the rhetoric from people like Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan. Now, Farrakhan, believe it or not, I saw this morning, he's 89 years old. You know, he's been spewing uh, hate uh, hate speech for uh, for decades. Now, why doesn't anyone uh, on the political left uh, condemn him or speak out? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, but I could just uh, speculate that I think he's carved out, whoops, I think he's carved out a niche for himself where he's like uh, parked his anti-Semitic truck in a certain space. And as long as he remains in that those two spaces, uh, if you can imagine that, I, I think they want to just uh, keep hands off and not get into a, uh, uh, a tussle or a uh, or scuffle with him uh, and his followers. I think that they mostly consider him uh, a combination of a deranged person, number one. Uh, and number two, it also is a combination with this... Uh, concept of uh, free speech which of course is under attack uh by the democrats but they're only attacking free speech on the right so uh it's it's problematic you're you're absolutely right about that you know what i i you know louis farrakhan he's 89 years old he's been doing this his whole life i think he's absolutely out of his mind but what about the thousands of people in that room that's who i'm worried about i'm worried about the thousands of people in that room which really turns into ten thousand ten tens of thousands of people considering they all have children and families what 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 happens to them these are people who are walking in the street. These are people who are going to do crazy things. How can someone get up there in 2023 and speak that way? I, I agree. There's freedom of speech, but there's not freedom of consequences. You can't get up there and speak that way. If anybody else were to speak about any other religion, any other race, any other group of people, the way that he speaks about Jewish people, it wouldn't fly for not a second. For not a second. CNN would be all over it. MSNBC would be all over it. They would be. But no one's talking about it. Okay, uh, what what would they do besides report it and talk about it? Well, I how think they, I think uh, awareness. How would they stop it. Well, you know you know how the world works. It's on the news. People are talking about it. Politicians feel pressure. Congress people feel pressure. Democrats start coming out about it because they feel pressure. 
It all starts with people hearing about it and knowing about it. The Democratic no, Party feels very comfortable. As long as it's not being talked about, we could just sweep it under the rung and make believe it didn't happen. I, but you can't I, do that. I, I think I, I've said it here before on other occasions over the last few months since we started doing this. And I, I think that uh, unlike other attacks on other uh, minorities, uh, other ethnics, other religions, uh, when it comes to an attack on Jews, they, the, 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 uh, the haters and those who commit uh, the offense get more latitude and more space and more flexibility in doing what they're doing as if there has to be some type of, you know, yeah, we're not sure about the. You shouldn't talk about the Jews that way. We're really not sure, but maybe you shouldn't anyway. But yeah. you know, the other 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 minorities don't get that, whether it's blacks or or Asians or or, or anyone else. So uh, no, it's it's not. a it's a problem. It's a problem that we suffer uh, uh, from as a people from uh, time immemorial, from from the beginning of time, actually going back thousands of years. So uh, in a way, it comes under the heading of nothing new under the sun. Yeah, definitely nothing new under the sun, but you know, it's something that we always need to point point attention to and say that, you know, maybe us here talking about it will lead to the right people hearing about it and doing something about it because you know what? There's Hopefully. no there's there's no doubt in my mind that su such rhetoric like this leads to action, uh leads to action by some crazy people and even just one one event taking place against us is too many. And we all know the numbers have doubled and tripled, even over the last year of anti-Semitic attacks. So, you know, shame on you, Louis Farrakhan. You're a piece of garbage. You're an anti-Semite. Uh, you're a waste of you're a waste of space on this earth. And that and that goes for everyone who's his follower as well. Go that goes for every single one of them. That they really should do some introspection and think about what they're partaking in. Uh, the next story I'm, I have I'm here. With you. The next story, and by the way, I never really speak that strongly about people on here. It's not like it's, right. I don't don't take that don't take that lightly. Call someone a piece of garbage or a waste of space, but someone who's eighty nine years old who has devoted his whole entire life to to speaking bad about people. That's just like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous <laughs> that this person has a platform to get up there and speak to thousands of people. Still, honestly, you know, uh, he consider. By the way, he considers himself to be a minister huh. uh, of the nation of Islam. And, Minister of Hate. Uh, he is 89 years old, and uh, nobody lives forever. And there is a uh, there's just divine justice that's uh, awaiting him, <laughs> and uh, I think he's in for a big surprise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the next story I have here is New York City bike path terrorists will not be put to death. So we all know about the bike path terrorist uh, Sayufulo Salpov, who's uh, an Uzbekistan citizen who's 35 years old. He lives in New Jersey. And he will be sitting for life in prison uh, for an October 2017 attack. He killed eight people on a bike path. Um, and the jurors and attorneys left the courthouse afterwards without speaking to reporters. They gathered in the, in the rain outside before he was escorted out by the U.S. Marshals. Salpov seemed relaxed and shook the hands of, of one defense lawyer. Uh, it seems like the jury could not come to a unanimous decision to hand down the death penalty. Uh, to be honest, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. You're sitting in front of somebody who committed an act of terror, who killed eight people, who ruined the, the, the families' lives, the lives of the families of eight eight whole families, and he doesn't and get more people. 
I want people who are injured. People yeah, have well, um, yeah. debilitating injuries besides the eight people uh, that died when he ran them down with his truck in the bike path on the West Side Highway in Manhattan. Part of the problem, I know the trial was delayed because of COVID, yeah. but part of the problem is the fact that uh, this happened in 2017 and now it's six years later in 2023. So the delay for COVID, uh, the fact that the courts weren't open notwithstanding, uh, that's problematic. I was reading this morning, I forgot what state it was in, uh, I'm not going to look it up now, but I was reading that someone that killed two people in 1989 was executed yesterday. Really? In, so, somewhere in the United States. So, you know, they, they, they sit on death row. Uh, they're given the death penalty in certain states, <clears throat> places like Texas, Oklahoma, <clears throat> where they have the death penalty uh, and where they deliver on the death penalty. Of course, New York uh, won't do it because uh, whatever their reasons are. Uh, you know, uh, the the jury in New York, couldn't deliver the death penalty to this guy because you have to have a hundred percent unanimous uh, agreement uh, on the death penalty. So they had, I guess, what it, what it was, eleven or twelve jurors, and they couldn't get a uh, unanimous uh, uh, decision. Which means at least one person said, "No, I don't believe in killing somebody. Uh, killing somebody is not going to bring anybody back. It's not going to heal anybody's permanent injuries or wounds. Uh, it's only more killing." And right. a lot of people feel that. A lot of people feel that way. Now, uh, that's a problem here, especially in liberal cities uh, like uh, like New York and places. I'm sure the same thing in California. And uh, Israel suffering from the uh, from the same thing. Yeah, um, you know it's a much smaller uh, place. Uh, at least thirteen people would die terrorist attacks in the last month uh, in Israel. Uh, yesterday, you saw uh, Rabbi Pillay, who uh, was in a wheelchair, got out of the hospital uh, uh, to visit the kfarim of his two little boys, a six and an eight year old, uh, who were killed a few weeks ago, and. Um, uh, and the perpetrators, um, I, don't, I don't know what happened with those guys. Maybe they were killed. But uh, certainly in some of these cases, they were arrested and uh, and uh, they're in Israeli jails, which are, uh, you know, not necessarily very uncomfortable. Yeah, unfortunately. So, it, so it's a problem. And uh, you have to have a government that has the courage to uh, cross that line. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, you know, people are going to listen to this. And they're going to say, oh, we're for the death penalty. We like killing people. But that's mm -hmm. not what it's about. It's about establishing a deterrent so innocent people are not harmed and hurt and killed in the future. That's what it's all about. Nobody is going to relish over the fact that a guy is going to be uh, get a lethal injection or put in uh, uh, an electric chair or however they do those things today. Uh, but um, uh, uh, this, this idea of giving uh, a killer a hope uh, to live his life out uh, for the future. Sirhan Sirhan, who killed Robert Kennedy in 1968, is still a prison in California. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, what happened yeah. to the person who, who assassinated John F. Kennedy? Well, he was killed. Lee Harvey Hoswald was killed by Jack Ruby. <laughs> and Jack Ruby died a few years later. I think he was uh, terminally ill or something like that. So, you know, it, it's a lot of conspiracies about uh, those types of things. Uh, uh, going back, uh, John Kennedy was killed in 1963, November right. 22nd, 1963. And in uh, 68, um, Robert Kennedy was running for president. He was in California. Security for candidates wasn't what it is today. And Sirhan Sirhan was either working or making believe he was working in a kitchen in a hotel, and he shot and killed uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Well, uh, a, cu a, cu uh, a couple of stories on the on a lighter note. Um, the airports in Europe come alive as travelers, 
as travelers to and from Lezhinsk on the yard side of the Noamali Melech gather to Dava Mincha in the Budapest airport. This is via MKY. Uh, the Noamali Melech is, uh, of Lezhinsk was one of the founding rabbis of Hasidus, of the Hasidic movement. Uh, and this is a day that people from all walks of life, from all countries, they travel to Lezhinsk and they daven. And they daven there. Uh, Rebelli Melech was born in 1717. Uh, and uh, according to his bio online, yeah. he died in 17, 1787. And he is attributed with uh, being, uh, of course, a, a, a descendant, a successor of the Baal Shem Tov, yeah. and uh, one of the uh, founding fathers, so to speak, of the Hasidic movement. And his predecessor, uh, the, the predecessor of, of, of Ravelli Melech was, was Dov Bear of Mezerich, and the successor of Ravelli Melech was uh, the Chazi of Lublin. So these are a lot of... A, yeah, he had a lot of very notorious uh, Talmidim. Uh, uh, who spawned, uh, you know, a great, a great movement. And, uh, they're the foundation uh, of these Hasidic movements, uh, you know, that are found all over the world today. And uh, his his kevra, I, I think I was there six or seven years ago. Oh, really? Uh, uh, when I on a trip to Poland, and uh, it's a very special place. And uh, uh, I think uh, I'm not sure if we David Mincha or Meyer there, but it was it was at night. We probably David Meyer there. It was pretty late at night. And uh, it's busy around the clock, uh, twenty-four hours a day. Really, interesting. And especially well, today, obviously. Another, another. So, drink a cup of orange juice, eat a rugula, do it for the lezik and the Ravali Melech, Ravali And also a lighter note, something a little bit funny I saw before on Twitter, uh, a commercial from Signature Bank, how they were the bank to trust. They turned down Donald Trump's business. They. They are the bank to trust, Signature Bank. Well, Signature Bank is not the bank to trust because they went under just the other day. Um, it's just funny yeah, how but, these things work. But, 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 but you know, they're, they're still open. The banks are open and functioning. The banks are open and, fu- and functioning, no- functioning normally. I spoke to people in this building yesterday that have accounts in Signature Bank. Well, <laughs> was it a fire sale? Did they get bought out by I, – I know you mentioned yesterday H- HSBC was bidding for, for Signature Bank, correct? No, HSBC uh, in in England is buying uh, Silicon Valley Bank. SV, oh, wow. uh, don't SVB. get uh, don't get SVB confused with uh, uh, SBF, which is uh, Sam Bankman Fried, uh, who you know what thirty two billion dollars. You know uh, what? It's kind of it's it's kind of a similar similar MISA, and uh, so it's fine. The, the fact of the matter is, both the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. And the president, Joe Biden, said yesterday they're going to assure that people can get access to their deposits. But they're not. This is not a bailout. This is not going to be a bailout. And today they're saying, oh, by the way, it's a bailout. So they bailed out uh, these banks uh, and they're making sure they can make good on all the money that's in there. Well, listen, I mean, the, the market today, said, the, the Dow Jones is up 450 points right now, which is great. You know, we still have a, a many hours to go in a day. But what what is a concern is sort of are we in the 2007 uh which then was followed by the 2008 right 2007 similar things happened big bank collapsed and then all of a sudden you know 2008 everything collapsed commercial real estate but but that that was there was a different uh, financial crisis then you have to understand there was a lot of years when people were there were banks were writing mortgages to people that couldn't afford to, to pay their mortgages and they were they were forced to um, foreclose on and repossess 
millions of houses uh, uh, around the country uh, because they gave mortgages to anybody, income, no income, credit, no credit. They just gave you a mortgage. They wrote you a mortgage. They gave you the money, and you never made any payments, and you lost your house, and they were stuck with real estate. And, yeah, well, um, you know what? I just I, I recently bought a house. So I know how crazy and how difficult <laughs> it is nowadays to, to get a mortgage and how many how many hoops you need to jump through. And to be honest, if if there's a collapse of that market – I don't know what else they can do better because they make it so difficult and so uh, so rigorous in order to, to attain a mortgage. I just want to end this episode. Uh, there's an article right now up on MeaningfulMinute.org by Rabbi Yisrael Bernath. It's sort of a question-answer type of column we have on our website. And the question that was posed by Bernath was, Dear Rabbi, I'd love to know at what point can I know for sure that I found the one and, and I should get married? Do you need a total lightning bolt moment? of he or she is the one, or is it enough that everything is there and there's good potential? I could see the current person I'm dating working out, so should we just get engaged? Uh, so to see, this question was from someone named Shoshi. To see the answer, head to MeaningfulMinute.org. The article's on the okay. homepage. Really, really interesting question. I think many people might find themselves in that per- in that predicament. Okay, um, sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. I, I, and, and, and this week's Five Town Jewish Times, which will be out in about 48 hours, or less, actually. What's today? Tuesday. Um, um, I I did a story on the history of Pesach cake. Uh, oh. <laughs> going, okay, which is it really it charts it charts is the that, progress. Is that what you're writing in the basement at five a.m. The history of Pesach cakes, Abba. Is that what you're waking up at five a.m. to do? Well, not everything can be about the the judiciary crisis in Israel or right. about terrorism or the death penalty. You have to be able to move in different directions sometimes. I hear you. So I was thinking about the history of Pesach cake, how it started out many, many decades ago with just sponge cake and marble cake. And today it's and today you have, you know, it, it graduated to rainbow cookies and to jelly roll and to seven layer cake and checkerboard cake. And now it's, you know, all systems go. Everything yeah. goes. So yeah. uh, it's come a long way. I, I, one thing I pointed out is that uh, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 30, yeah, about 30, 35 years ago, uh, you could go to a hotel for Pesach and on the menu you could have gabruks and non-gabruks. And if the dish was gabruks, it had a little asterisk next to it. Oh, really? It. So, so uh, And now you can't have gabruks and non-gabruks in the same zip code. It has to be in different zip codes. Yeah, can't, well, uh, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to read that article Um I'll just say that for me, it's seven layer cake or nothing, and that's the best. That's the best advice I have for anybody. Like I prefer the I prefer the rainbow cookies. Really, I don't know why I can't do. I can't eat something that's that's has so many different colors. It just makes me a little nauseous. Well, but close your eyes. Seven layer cake or nothing. Don't 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 get into the into the Pesach cake. Uh, you know the best cake to eat on Pesach is nothing. Don't eat cake. Don't worry about it. Eat potatoes. Eat, you know, drink some salt water and call it a day. That is today's episode okay. of the Daily Fed. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Make sure to give Moshe Alpert a call for all financial planning and life insurance needs. Right. And uh, we'll be back at you with another episode tomorrow. Have a great day. Great.